0: Monday, Monday, can't stand that day. Welcome to another edition of the FritzCast. What are we going to cover this week? We have Nevada results. We have South Carolina results. Who knows why they did them differently, why they didn't go in tandem. They broke off and went to separate sides of the nation. Who knows why? We also have... Donald Trump's ridiculous statement of the week. We have some bizarre news, too, that you wouldn't even expect. And we also have Apple versus FBI that we're going to start there first. This is FritzCast. I love the music. It's so... It's just... Listen to it. Yeah. I like that. Welcome another week uh welcome another week. Welcome to another week of the Fritz cast and I am your host Fritz. It is Monday, February 22nd, 2016. Uh as if the year's ever going to change um in the next little bit. Right? I know. So, uh first off, uh while I have it on top of my head. Uh Remember, a couple episodes back, I talked about Loy, and I said, if if you can manage, if you can help yourself, don't be like a Loy. That was the dryer going off, so now we're not going to have an annoying background sound. Eventually, and this is going to happen within the next coming, uh, within the coming weeks, I'm, I'm going to be moving everything into a, a sound, uh, sealed room in this house. It's going to be nice, it's going to be quiet. There will be no distracting noises like that. I know a couple of times I've done that, and it's not very very professional, if you know what I mean. But let's get back. So a couple episodes back, I talked about Loy. Don't be like him. Um, Got into an interesting conversation at work with him. He seemingly thinks that Donald Trump is going to be elected president because the Simpsons predicted it X amount of years ago. And they predicted, like, every major thing ever that ever happened, ever. And so I called him out on that. I said, show me uh, your proof of where the Simpsons predicted anything. And he proceeded to go online and try to look it up and failed miserably. So just right there, Loy, you're a piece of crap. You, you can't back up your arguments with coherent thoughts or with even evidence. You just say stuff. And that's kind of what Donald Trump does. But that's beside the point. That's beside the point. Um... Another thing that popped into my head, too, and I'm not complaining to my wife about this. So, honey, when you listen to this episode, I think she's a couple episodes behind, actually. I record it when she's not here. She's at work. So, there's that. Um, The other day I came home, and guys, I'm sure this happens to you, too. You come home, and there's something in your living room that isn't yours and doesn't belong to you, and you, you hope to hell you didn't buy it. Not not that it looks ugly or anything. It doesn't look ugly. Actually, the stuff looks just pretty amazing, and I like it. And it's made a... I'm getting ahead of myself. So I came in, and there was this nightstand. You know, like your bedroom nightstand. Except this thing is like two nightstands smushed together, made into one giant, uh, incredible hulk of a nightstand. And I looked at it, and I said, Holy sh... Nikes, what is this? So I, I come to find that we have acquired her aunt's uh, old bedroom setup furniture, which is nice because now we have like a real bedroom type of setup, except it's a little cramped in this house, but it is what it is, but that, that just, you know, I came in and, you know, I come in from work and I see a bunch of stuff in the living room and I'm like, what the hell? So I assume it happens all the time. So that pretty much sums up my weekend. Well, no, not entirely. I did see Deadpool. If you haven't gone and seen Deadpool and you're even somewhat on the fence on it, if you watched the trailer and even chuckled once, go see the movie. If if it's not your cup of tea, if if overly violent, if over the top violence, crude humor and uh um let's see over the top violence, crude humor and uh, just freaking Awesome is against your book, then don't go and see it. If, 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 uh, well, yeah, like I said, if that covers everything. You're good. All right. First story I wanted to tackle is the one that's been going around and being talked about by everyone. And, well, not exactly. Uh, I talked to my buddy just the other night about this. And he had to he had to read up on it to get the, the details behind the story. But maybe you've uh, heard it or read it. This is uh, literally just type it in Google. You can find it anywhere. But as I said, my sources are always usually The Hill, The Blaze, uh, The New York Times. Uh, some some uh, there's some quintessentials in there, right? I think everybody is liked on. Uh, I think everybody likes The Hill on Facebook to get something in their little news feed about what's going on you probably saw this story as posted uh by the news as apple denies court order or speaks out against court order to unlock iphone which by the way that headline is completely 100% misleading let me break it down for you for real um Pretty much, this, what it is, is Apple was uh, blowing off a, a court order to access information on a single iPhone. That's probably how almost every headline read it. Uh, namely, we're talking about the iPhone of the San Bernardino terrorist from the terror attack that took place in December. This is simply not true. The court order is not for unlocking of the iPhone, something that Apple has done time and again to help the FBI... In the past, I believe it's been like 70 or more cases where they have worked in tandem with the FBI to access information that has been locked on an iDevice, just for clarification purposes. The federal court order is for Apple to develop a whole new software that would give the FBI essential backdoor access, help them get uh quickly infinite number of passwords to unlock devices. Take this in for a minute. Take take in the implications of it for a minute, but but realize what the court order was asking here. And you can go and look it up. They were not asking for one iPhone to be unlocked. That's actually not a problem at all. The FBI and the court order was suggesting that Apple, a separate corporation, a separate industry, a free market industry of not only the United States of America, but the world, the court order was for them to develop a whole new software for their devices that the FBI could gain access to without having to solicit them. Without having to come up and say, "Hey, we got this iPhone. We need you to do. Uh, we need you to work your magic with this." The court order was saying, "No, you as a business are going to create this new software for it." So, does that give some clarification into this? Is that does that shed some light on why uh, Apple responded the way they did? Let me give you Tim Cook's response. I'm not going to read or quote the whole thing. I'm going to read a snippet. Uh, it says, "Quote." The FBI may use different words to describe this tool, but make no mistake, building a version of iOS that bypasses security in this way would undeniably create a backdoor, and while the government may argue that its use would be limited to this case, there is no way to guarantee such control. End quote. Not to mention the fact that this would set a precedent by the government that would more than likely branch to all other technology developers. Is it a surprise that CEO of Google, Sundar Pinchai, supports Cook's statement in a series of tweets that read Important post by Tim Cook Forcing companies to enable hacking could compromise users' privacy We know that law enforcement and intelligent agencies face significant challenges in protecting the public against crime and terrorism We build secure products to keep your information safe and we give law enforcement access to data based on valid legal orders. But this is wholly different than requiring companies to enable hacking of customer devices and data. Could be a troubling precedent. And it is a troubling precedent. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that the government has any right to force Apple or force Google or force Samsung or even force you to do uh, anything to access information on a whole scale level. Yes, if this was if this case was limited to one single iPhone. And this is where the government's wrong. The government's not budging on their stance on it. It's not limited to the one iPhone. They won't they they won't hem this up because they want the blanket control who wouldn't want the blanket control if you're a law enforcement agency and you're seeing crimes being committed and information gets encrypted on phones that you can't tap and unlock because of privacy settings i realized that could be a hassle i realized that i could be a pain in the butt but i have to agree with apple and with google on this uh you know Think about what you do on your phone, because this is something else that people don't think about either. Um, Think about what is on your phone. And that doesn't even... I'm not talking about personal data. I'm not talking about data so personal on a level that it's like your credit card information or whatever, but so much is linked to your phone if you are a phone user. If you sit at home and even look stuff up on Wi-Fi on your phone, think about how much information is on... This device, I'm actually holding mine up. Like I said, eventually I'll probably get a webcam and run a, a video feed of this too. Because I have ideas for that. Because I have dreams and hopes. Don't don't smash them, okay? I don't smash yours, don't smash mine. But just just think about how much of you is on this device from from its use. A lot of people don't think about that. And for those of you out there who might say... Well, yeah, but I want them to unlock this information with the terrorist's phone and all that. And I, I agree. I mean, like, yes, we want access to this phone. We do. But you have to think of the price you're willing to pay for that. If the government can force Apple to create a software to, in fact, access the phone's information in circumstances and there's not some kind of precedent or law set out That backs up on the 4th Amendment with it. Then we're in hairy territory. Let me read to you your 4th Amendment right. If you will let me. Actually, it doesn't matter if you'll let me. I'm reading it anyway. Your 4th Amendment right says, quote, The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects, such as your... Against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be secured and the persons or things to be seized. End quote. Bottom line. I have to agree with Apple, with Google, and guess what? Most of you Agree with me, too. The poll that I ran on whether Apple was making the right decision over this or not, 86% said yes, 5% said no, and 10% said other. Now, I'm getting a, a, a new way in to set up the polling. Uh, my buddy, uh, Jason, told me that I can do this through Google, so I'm going to start setting up things through Google. Where people can poll, and then they can also comment, and hopefully, I can get the ball rolling with uh, audience participation in this. I would greatly appreciate more audience participation. Uh, but lots of people have different views of this. They do. They say, "Well, I want the information on that phone," and I get that. But not at a not at the government forcing a company to make a program for them. Sorry, government, if you want to do that. Do it yourself. Don't force a company to do it. And before anybody says anything about Apple being a pain in the butt about it, first off, in the court order there is a right to, to um, counter it, to and, and to state why you're countering it. Uh, the Department of Justice, of course, has filed a motion to force Apple to comply with it. So I hope that goes south for them too. This 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 is a big uh, big discussion thing that it's. Bringing a lot of people into political talk that weren't initially into political talk, which is great. I always love that. Bring people into politics. Let them talk about it. Let them discuss it. Let's get the ideas out there, and let's figure out why people think the way they think. All part of the reason of the podcast. But if you think Apple's being a pain in the butt, let me ask you this. How come the offer hasn't been taken up from uh, Paul McAfee? Uh, McAfee Security. Anybody remember? Some people, some of you might refer to it as McAfee. Uh, he has offered that his team would uh, come in, hack the iPhone, do it pro bono, just let him and his team hack it behind closed doors, and then you can have the information. But will the government go for that? No. Probably not because that's not, they're not looking for just getting it on the one phone. They've run into this problem before. They want a key. They want a way to do it all the time, which isn't necessarily a, a, something that they should be denied. But, again, we're talking about doing it the right way versus the wrong way. If they have a court order to hack the one phone... And to do it the one time on the one phone for this information, for the information on the terrorist iPhone from San Bernardino, yes, do it. But the court order wasn't asking that. That's the key The key part here, pound it into your brain. They weren't asking for the one iPhone to be unlocked. They were asking for a whole new software platform to be created by the company. And do you think Apple would have been compensated for that? this court order you think they would have been paid to do that and so now we're talking about the government forcing people to do things for no money it's not right it's not right and it's it it's not Apple's backing you up you can hate Apple all you want it, I know some Apple haters that have said well I like them for this back Apple back Apple on this one stand up and say it needs to be done the right way and in fact, this uh, I'm going to play a little clip from my man, Rand Paul, who should still be running for president, but that's beside the point. We're not going to get angry at Donald Trump or anybody else for not going for Rand Paul because we believe in individualism here on FritzCast. But I do want to play his clip. So without further ado, Rand Paul.
1: It's, it's important to know that uh, with the warrant, we have gotten their phone information. We've gotten who they called, how long they talked, all of that information is available, and we have gotten that. What we haven't gotten is onto the software and the computer aspect of their phone, and actually Apple doesn't have that knowledge. So what's extraordinary about this warrant or this court order is they're asking Apple to devise a way to get into the phone when no such system exists currently. So this would be an extraordinary warrant because they're compelling Apple to become part of the police force and think up something new. So some people are saying that this actually violates the First Amendment because they're compelling speech or thought and action. These are things that uh, are extraordinary. We ought to think twice before uh, we decide that we're going to be compelling phone companies to come up with things like this. If you weaken the source, the the codeware, and you say, we want a back door into the phone or the back door into things that are encrypted, what you're doing is weakening that phone and the people who carry it and making them more vulnerable to attack by either hackers or thieves. The things, things One of the main reasons things are encrypted is so people can't steal your stuff. One of the main reasons Apple encrypted phones to begin with is that people lose them all the time. And think of all the personal data or any kind of information on transactions that have gone through your phone You don't want whoever steals your phone or whoever picks your phone up off the ground to be able to have that kind of access. So encryption is very important to prevent theft.
0: And there you have it. With that being said, we had uh, the Nevada caucuses for the Democrats. We had the South Carolina primaries for the Republicans. Let's go over those results right now. Uh, yeah, I love Pet Shop Boys. One more chance for this because it's like you know, it's like you're still fighting to survive for the presidency. All right, so Nevada, uh, Hillary Clinton wins Nevada with fifty-two point six percent of the vote. Nineteen delegates awarded to Miss Clinton. Bernie Sanders gets forty-seven point three percent of the vote and fifteen delegates. A lot of people see that. As significant. We'll get to that later though. Now South Carolina on the other hand. Decides to call the question. Donald Trump wins. The South Carolina primary. With 32.5% of the vote. Winning all 50 delegates. From South Carolina. Marco Rubio. Squeezed in the second place. At 22.5% of the vote kind of delivers the blow to Ted Cruz, who came in third at 22.3% of the vote. Jeb Bush, 7.8% of the vote. John Kasich, 7.6% of the vote. And Ben Carson, the man who said, and I quote, I got as many delegates as everyone else other than the winner, came in at 7.2% of the vote. So let's start with why Ted Cruz dropped to number three. It could be this story from The Hill where Cruz floated the idea of Phil Robertson being an ambassador to the United Nations. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Phil Robertson's the guy from Duck Dynasty. I believe he's the father, the the older gentleman with the beard. They all have beards, but he's the older gentleman with the beard. Uh, and you know what? Cruz probably floated that as a joke, too. You know, and I'm, I, But still, <laughs> he floated the idea of Phil Robertson being a U.N. ambassador. That's so stupid. So dumb. Really, Ted? Come on. Let's get serious here. You're trying to beat Donald Trump, who can say whatever the hell he wants. And now Rubio's looking to steal your number two spot, which I thought that Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio for the past like month or so, I thought they've been aimed at each other anyway because I thought my view of the whole how the Republican candidates are looking at it right now, it's battle for number two spot. Don't attack Donald Trump. Do him one-on-one. Get everybody else off the playing field. That seems to be the strategy anyway. And that's probably the only thing that's going to work at this point. Because Donald Trump was supposed to be out of this race like back in December. But here he is winning two primaries now. And then uh, Hillary winning Nevada. I believe Nevada was touted as a strong state for Hillary. And at 52.6% of the vote, I guess you could maybe say that. Uh, It's not... I mean it's not deafening for sure but a lot of people have been arguing that Bernie's uh 47.3% was in fact far better than than what he was projected to get and that it's a victory. He took it as a victory. I know he uh I know he and his uh caucus uh interviews afterwards. I I know that he said uh he was giving voices and words of encouragement uh for for um for his people And the other thing I don't like about the media too Is that while this was going on Like The Hill I know Shared uh, a headline that they said uh, Sanders supporters boo Hillary During her acceptance uh, speech Her victory speech at the Nevada caucuses When it was at It was a video being played at Bernie's camp Number one And number two, it was like, you know, 10 people in the audience going boo, which is stupid. Why would you even report that information? I don't expect people at the rival uh, group, at the rival camp, watching the video of of Hillary taking an acceptance speech. I don't expect them to to be happy about it anyway. But the fact that, like, maybe 10 people there boot it, I don't care. Why does anybody care for Why the hell are you wasting people's time and space on the internet to report that? Here's something that I would boo, though. Remember, I think it was New Hampshire. No, it wasn't New Hampshire. I believe it was Iowa, where Hillary Clinton won like three precincts by coin tosses because they were virtual ties. How about this one? In Nevada, in true Las Vegas style, it's a tie break in the Democratic caucuses. They draw cards. And Hillary won a precinct. What precinct was it? It was precinct 10. Clinton drew a lucky ace. While Sanders drew a six. Can you believe that that... I thought coin flips were ridiculous for breaking tiebreakers. This might be even just a tad bit worse. Drawing cards? This is... This is for votes. This is for delegates. Because of this, Hillary got three delegates to Bernie Sanders getting two delegates. That's how they broke the tie. And you draw freaking cards to break the tie? That is not democratic in the least. If it's a tie, then you either null and void that. It, It doesn't get counted or you split it evenly. And if you can't split it evenly, you need to find a way to do that. Because if it's boiling down to to coin flipping or card drawing, why don't you just ask a Magic 8-Ball? Magic 8-Ball, should Bernie win this precinct? Ask again later. Because honestly,
2: what's the
0: difference? You might as well just put their faces on a freaking dartboard and have a blind guy throw the darts. At least then maybe it'll be a little bit interesting. Oh, I know, pie-eating contests. Stick pictures of their faces in pies. Whoever eats the pie faster and reveals the picture of the candidate, that candidate wins the district. Or, I don't know, we could just go straight popular vote, but what do I know? I'm just a guy who runs a podcast, who's a correctional officer, who doesn't know where he's going in life. It's really depressing when you put it that way. Oh, perfect. Here come the sirens, so... (laughs) Might as well just get it done while we're depressed It's time for Donald Trump's Ridiculous statement of the week And by the way, if you're ever wondering Yes, that is my dog barking in the background on that I recorded it the first time weeks ago I don't intend to change it I'm never going to change it Get over it I like my dog, okay? I like all my dogs, in fact All my dogs In this his house but Donald Trump's ridiculous statement of the week, actually, it's a two-parter. There's two ridiculous statements this week. Um, one is a tweet. Quote, I wonder if President Obama would have attended the funeral of Justice Scalia if it were held in a mosque. End quote. Gotta love that. First off, it is despicable that Obama wouldn't go to Justice Scalia's... <sighs> I screw it up too. I know some people say scalia, it's scalia. I do it when I'm just when I'm when I'm rambling. I I, I don't stop and think it's scalia. But for whatever reason, President Obama uh skipped the funeral and there's lots of speculation in that. There's speculation that the, the scalia's family said, Hey, you're not welcome. Which could very well be. They were political foes. They were they clashed a lot, and there's a lot of political clash over the the filling of this spot, too. So there's that. I mean, I'm not going to get up here and say what a douchebag, but seriously, uh, they couldn't come up with a coherent answer as to why they 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 danced around it. It was, oh, uh, he's concerned that uh, security would be uh, too much of a endeavor to invest in for that, and whatever whatever reason he didn't go. Okay, it doesn't look good at all for you. I, I don't care what your ideology was versus the man. The man could have hated you, for all I care, but he did the time as the Supreme Court justice. He, he's a, he should be afforded the respect. But like I said, I don't have insider knowledge. I don't have, I can't tear into uh, President Obama's mind and figure out why he didn't go. Or if he was asked not to go, because that could very well be the case too. Maybe, you know, maybe that was the case and he was just, you know, respecting uh, you know the family saying, we don't want you there. So that's part one of Donald Trump's ridiculous statement of the week. Uh, Should we run the siren again for number two? Ah, hell with it. It's my show. Part two uh, of Donald Trump's ridiculous statement to Ed... uh, This is what happens when you pour over your notes and you try to uh, speak while reading your notes. Don't do that. Take, Take a second. Take a breather, man. It's all good. Hit pause. Hit record when you're ready to go. You're not a live radio show yet. When you are, these moments will be even funnier. Part two of Donald Trump's ridiculous statement of the week is, quote, I signed a pledge. I'm a Republican. I'm the leading Republican by a lot, and that's where I want to be. I don't want to run as an independent. I'm not going to be doing that. I think it's highly, highly unlikely. End quote. How many contradictions are in the one sentence alone? But remember last week? Last week's Donald Trump's ridiculous statement of the week was that he was threatening to run as an independent again. But as soon as he wins a primary, uh, it'll never happen. Uh, highly, highly unlikely. Watch. If the next primary, if if somehow it seems like it's just even like he's only winning by a hair, he'll be like, this, this... If the next debate, if if there's too many lobbyists in the next debate or whatever, he'll say, oh, I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to run as a Republican anymore. I'm going to run as an independent. And I'm going to crush the competition. No, you're not. He won't run as an independent. I have still yet to have a Donald Trump fan challenge me and say, oh, no, he'll run as a dependent and he'll win, sir. He will win because he is a winner and you are a loser. Which is all that they'd be able to say anyway. Donald Trump... Has yet to even has has yet to even state how he would accomplish things. Okay, I don't like Bernie Sanders, but he has a tax plan that you can go and look up online. He will raise your taxes. We we've already been through that though, but he has a plan on his page. Donald Trump does not. Donald Trump has sound bites, hatred, and money. Sound bites, hatred, and money. That's all. You, that's all you need to be president now. Sound bites, hatred, and money. And speaking of Trump, I'm sure you uh, you've had to have heard this by now, but uh, in case you haven't, we talked about uh, last debate how he was all about Iraq and and all on Iraq and about how he was against the war in Iraq and how research from BuzzFeed uh, provided no sources. For anything against Iraq Until after the war had begun Somebody dug up I think it was BuzzFeed That dug this up It was a 2002 clip From uh, Howard Stern Radio In which Howard asked Donald Trump Was he for the war in Iraq And he goes Yeah well I, I guess so Yeah I wish it was done right The first time uh, But it it's not It's not his big claim That before the Iraq war He was all against it He was like Yeah I guess so and he even admitted this because this clip was played for him. This clip was played for him. And he said, yeah, you know, I might have said that I wasn't a politician then. And it's the, same, it's the same argument he made for not having clips of him saying he was against the war. Bottom line, I just, I'm done. I'm done with Trump. I'm done with Trump. Except, did you hear this clip from uh, Morning Joe? Let me play this for you. In fact, it wasn't from Morning Joe, it was from the MSNBC town hall that he had before the other town hall. But it was Joe Scarborough, still who, I mean, wow, Joe Scarborough, Scarborough, but... Here's the clip. Listen to it.
2: Um, I wanted to describe a candidate to you. The candidate is considered a political outsider by all the punnets. He's tapping into the anger of the voters, delivers a populist message. He believes everyone in the country should have health care. He advocates for hedge fund managers to pay higher taxes. He's drawing thousands of people at his rallies and bringing in a lot of new voters um, to the political process. And he's not beholden to any super PAC. Who am I describing? Or any special interests or any donors. You're describing Donald Trump. Actually, I was describing Bernie Sanders. (laughs) That's good. Isn't that something... Well, I'll tell you, we're different different in one primary. I'll tell you, you, there's one thing that we're very similar on. He knows that our country is being ripped off big league, big league on trade. The problem is he can't do anything about it. He's not going to be able to do, whereas I'm going to do things. Because he doesn't understand it. I mean, he doesn't understand what's happening. But he does know that China and these other countries are ripping us off. Mexico, you see Carrier moving down, they're moving down to Mexico. Nabisco is moving. The whole thing is crazy what's going on with Mexico. He does understand that much more so than many people. But he'll never be able to do it Would you rather run against Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton? Well, it's a great question. I think I'd rather run against Hillary just because I'd love to beat Hillary. I think I can beat Hillary Clinton. So <laughs> but honestly, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty good with the legal stuff, and I don't know how she gets out of that quagmire of the emails. I do, think you think, a, do, you, do you think she'll be indicted? I think maybe she
0: will. He goes on to say maybe he, he thinks maybe she will be indicted. Um, but... Just, I mean, you know. Listen, Donald Trump spews answers. He throws out words. He spews. He spews out words. None of them formulate a plan because he was asked a couple times in there by Joe, like, "Well, what? Well, but how? How are you better than Bernie Sanders? Uh, be, be, because I am. Because I am. Because I. Because I'm a billionaire. I've done this before. Uh, and and Bernie doesn't understand that we're getting um, just you know, literally and. He just right there admitted, too. He's like, oh, well, me and Bernie Sanders are essentially the same, but I can get stuff done. Bernie can't. And maybe his argument's only half right, because Sanders has been in the Senate how long? You know? I You know, it it is what it is. So the two quick stories I wanted to end on uh, for this week, because I'm going to cut it uh, a little bit on the short end, probably 40 minutes when it's all said and done. There's this interesting story I heard. I told you I listen to a lot of talk radio um, on my downtimes. I, you know, sometimes it's background noise, sometimes it's intently listening listening to it. One of the shows I listen to is Mike Broomhead. Mike Broomhead operates out of Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I stumbled across Mike Broomhead. He was filling in for uh, Glenn Beck one day. Uh, so automatically, if you say Glenn Beck, some people just get turned off. Oh, he's a crazy nut job, and I've already explained. Yes, there's there's crazy with Glenn Beck and you have to filter through it. Sure. Uh, the people that fill in for him, uh, they're just, you know, they're, they're not necessarily of the same mold and cut as he is. Mike Broomhead is a very interesting guy. Very good talker. Uh, and talks about a lot of different interesting stories that happen not only in the state of Arizona, but nationwide. Uh, but you will hear more if you listen to him about Arizona because he operates out of Arizona. Um. But he went over the story, and I'm sure it's broken on other news websites. I found the New York Daily uh, or the New York uh, Post online. I found it. Um, Caitlyn Jenner, of course, formerly Bruce Jenner. Uh, Get this. What do you think Caitlyn Jenner's top criticism is? Like, what's the most flack Caitlyn Jenner faces? You think it's for the whole man trapped or, or woman trapped in a man's body. And, and now he's living vicariously as a woman named Caitlyn Jenner. It's actually not Caitlyn Jenner. And I'll, I'll play along. I'll be respectful and I'll play along. She says the biggest flack she gets is for being a conservative Republican. And in fact, I'm reading the quote, quote from CNS, CNS com. Uh, It was speaking at the University of Pennsylvania I have Quote I have gotten more flack for being a conservative Republican Than I have for being trans Jenner replied Also adding Quote Just because you change gender Doesn't mean you change your core beliefs End quote I didn't know this Isn't that That's something Isn't it I would have to say it's something Shoot and the last little snippet here. Edward Snowden said he would return to the U.S. if the government guaranteed him a fair trial. That's from The Hill. Eric Snowden's a whole nother topic and a whole nother mouthful of words. But but that's going to do it for me today because it's been just about 40 minutes. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sharing and liking and uh, and continuing to let this program grow. As always, I look forward to next week being here with you or in your car or in your ears through headphones and other things or however you listen to the however you listen to the show i just uh clicked on itunes yesterday and it's uh it's up there which is good um so we're branching out we're uh we're doing things we're making power moves uh so it won't be next time that uh, i'm in the 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 quote-unquote studio but We're going to get a studio set up within the coming, I'd say, month or two. And we'll really get rolling then. But uh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'll see you next week. He became president after the death of uh, Warren G. Harding. He was the 29th vice president in Harding's uh, presidency. Uh, And then he was elected in 1924. Um, He gained a a popular reputation for being, A, small government, B, quiet and reserved, although he did make most use out of uh, radio broadcasting throughout his uh, presidential career. I did a lot of reading on this guy. Uh, he cut a lot of uh, spending. He cut a lot of taxes. Uh, pretty much he played a, a, a low-key government. He did cut down on regulations, too. So he sort of uh, allowed industry to have uh, a freer reign, so to speak, because he cut down on, uh, on restrictions and regulations. So quite possibly down the line I might uh, do a little biographic look at him Uh, But I just want to go over some quotes that I really like from him Uh, 1. Don't expect to build up the weak by pulling down the strong 2. There is no dignity quite so impressive And no one independence quite so important as living within your means 3. The nation which forgets its defenders Will it be itself forgotten? 4. Patriotism is easy to understand in America. It means looking out for yourself by looking out for your country. Five, when more people are thrown out of work, unemployment results. Six, we cannot do everything at once, but we can do something at once. Just some highlights from Calvin Coolidge, but one thing that I do want to end on. And I look forward to next week. I look forward to South Carolina and getting these results. But there's one thing that I wanted to end on. And that is, I would have to say, tied for my favorite president is JFK. I've really been studying up on JFK. I have this record that I bought from a from a yard sale. That's just a collection of uh, snippets from some of JFK's best speeches ever. It's a vinyl record. And I listen to it every once in a while just to pound things into my head. Um, but still my favorite quotes from the man to this day Uh, RS follows this is directly played from my record player so just uh, take two seconds and listen I'll see you next week that civility is not a sign of weakness
1: and sincerity is always subject to proof let us never negotiate out of fear but let us never fear to negotiate and so my fellow Americans